Lord. I like that. I like good music uh, that's scriptural. Uh, before I preach, uh, that, I think that inspires me. I think that uh, uh, moves the Holy Spirit. I, I liked every bit of it. I even liked that earthquake illustration uh, Pastor Gable did. I thought that inspired me and moved me, you know. But uh, <laughs> you can say amen right there. Amen. But y'all, y'all seem t- Are you tired? No. Not tired? Are you cold? Some, some of y'all walk around with T-shirts on. You need help. Counseling. I do counseling. It's cold. <laughs> but uh, anyway, good to be, good to be here. I'm, I'm excited about it. I love preaching. Uh, I love youth. I'm going to preach to, uh, this afternoon on the unstable life. That's the title of my message this morning. Uh, the unstable life. I know when I, when I worked with teens years ago, uh, one of my, even as a pastor working with teens, uh, one of my, my favorite things is to see a teen just on fire for the Lord and moving. In, in a mighty way, and as I was writing the sermon, two uh, two teens come to mind. Uh, uh, one young lady who just loved the Lord. I mean, absolutely just loved the Lord, and she was coming, uh, soaking in the Bible. I mean, just wanting doctrine. I mean, not just she didn't want no fluffy message. She wanted doctrine, and uh, and I remember she got into a debate with somebody on pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib, and she was coming and wanting the doctrine. And she goes, "I was just, you know, just wanted to know." And uh, and and she had her argument together, and she come back. She goes, "Thank you for those verses." I just ranning down the road with that. I said, like, "You go, girl." You know, <laughs> I enjoyed it. Yeah, I had a young man who was battling uh, uh, with another guy. Uh, uh, on, on uh, Christian rock music in the local church, and he said, Pastor, I need some verses against this stuff, and what, what can I say? So, and, and, just, yeah, and I've seen that, and i got just tons of names of these young people, and I think about these young people, and this has been years that's gone by, and I've watched their life since they've gotten out of church, and, uh, and, and this morning I preached on the teenager falling away, uh, but I want to preach this afternoon on the teenager that's unstable, kind of there, and then kind of not one day, kind of uh, on fire one day, not the next, and then on fire again back and forth and these teens I'm talking about one minute they were there and then I remember seeing them one long, long after that they'd gotten into the world and fell out uh, and then they come back to church and back uh, on fire for the Lord and, and their life just seems to go back and forth uh, one thing I think just uh, I love seeing teens on fire for the Lord but one thing is frustrating to see teens, or even uh, even as a pastor, members in a church where they, they, they're here today, gone tomorrow, back the next, and it just seems like they never get real victory in their life. And, uh, and, and, and God never intended us to be like that at all. God intended us to be uh, uh, on fire for the Lord all the time, winning souls and, and finding His will in your life. That's a victorious Christian life. And uh, yeah, I, see, I see this with young people constantly. I see them uh, wanting to get victory over sin and struggling with that constantly. I see, uh, see them in church off and on. Sometimes they're there every time the doors are open, and then all of a sudden you start seeing them not wanting to come to church. They're fighting with mom and dad. They don't feel like coming on a Sunday morning, a Wednesday night or whatever, going back and forth. And then they're back there, and they're all on fire. Uh, I, I, I see them on social media where one minute they're sharing things about Jesus and the Bible and what God's done in their life, and then the next minute they're sharing things of the world, and they're back and forth. Uh, they got one foot in the church and one foot in the world, and it's just an unstable life. And uh, as far as a Christian goes, uh, I, I, I'll share one experience with a young guy I was out soul winning with. And uh, and in church, I'll tell you, he was he was he seemed to be on fire for the Lord for sure. And, uh, and we were knocking on doors, and he was in high school, went to a public school at that time, and uh, knocked on doors, and, and he, this late young lady answered a door that was, uh, he went to uh, school with, and I remember he said, hi, oh, oh, I know you, I know you, and she goes, wait a minute, she goes, you go to church? <laughs> now, this was a young kid that go to ch- went to church all the time, and right then that hit me when that young lady asked him that question, I said, wait a minute, 
He's leading a double life. Because when he comes to church and gets around his Christian friends, he acts just like them. But evidently, when he left church and he went and got around his public school friends, he acted just like them. That was an, un, an unstable life. Uh, and I, I think about people like this. Their, their walk with God is unstable. Uh, they, they, they never really get their walk straight. They're here today, gone tomorrow. And what I want to preach on this morning is the unstable Christian life and, and basically how to avoid that. So if you've got your Bibles open, if you're able to stand, please stand in respect of reading God's Word. We're going to read James chapter 1. And verses 5 down through verse 8. I like this. It says, and If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. Verse 6 says, But let him ask, get this, let him ask in faith nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave uh, uh, of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Look at this. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the word of God. Lord, I, I pray for this group. Lord, I'm thankful for this group. I thank, I, I'm so thankful to see them with their pens in hand, excited to, be, to hear the word of God. And Father, I pray and ask, Lord, that you bless the, the preaching uh, ahead. Father, I pray and ask, help me to say what, I, uh, what you need me to say. Lord, I know I got things written on the paper, but Father, if there's anything else you need me to say, Lord, I pray and ask you to help me to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray for the, the two or three hands that was raised this morning for salvation. Father, I pray and ask you to continue to work on those hearts as well as the other hands. Lord, you know each and every need. Father, we love you and we thank you. Bless now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Unstable. I looked up the definition of unstable. Unstable means not steady, uh, in, in, inconsistent, wavering. Uh, I used an illustration. Uh, me and my son went kayaking on the uh, Susquehanna River with a, uh, with a, a teenager who was in our youth group at that time. And, uh, and he didn't, he's never kayaked before. And, uh, and we were smallmouth fishing around the rocks. And uh, he, uh, he had leaned over and he dropped something out of the kayak. And he looked over and he seen that it was uh, uh, laying right there at the bottom. It was just a few feet deep. It wasn't very deep. And he could see it laying right there on the bottom. And, and he went to lean over just a little bit to see if he could reach and didn't realize how unstable a kayak actually is. And as he leaned over, the whole kayak flipped over. As he's going down, he somehow or another got his cell phone out of his pocket and flung it over toward my son. I mean, that was the one thing he had to save with his cell phone. My son missed it. It still went down in the water. But he lost his cell phone and everything. Unstable. Uh, yeah. I, and, and this morning, or this afternoon, what I want to talk about is the the unstable Christian. Now, I'm not talking about a lost person. Uh, uh, there's no spiritual stability in a lost person's life, as I preached on early this morning. They're, they're absolutely uh, uh, controlled by the devil as well. Uh, what I'm talking about is that teenager that's saved. They have had their sins washed away. Uh, they, have, they have victory in the blood of Jesus Christ, all the stuff we sung about this, morning, uh, this afternoon. Uh, they're on the way to I'm talking about a Christian, but yet someone has been saved, but they've never got where God's wanting them to be. Where God's, where, where God, that full victory in their life. In our text this, this afternoon, the Bible says this man is unstable in all his ways. He's unstable in his life. Uh, his, his church attendance is unstable. Like I said, he's, he's excited about church and youth group and all the Sunday school. One minute, next minute's kind of fallen out of the way. Uh, it, the, the, maybe his prayer closet isn't like it should be. Some days he's there and excited about praying. Some days she's not. She's not uh, where she should be as far as prayer goes. Uh, sometimes they're unstable in their Bible reading. They, you know, they, maybe they start off with a read your, through the Bible in a year in January, but by February they forget about it and they 
stop doing that. That's what I'm talking about, the, the unstable life. Uh, and because of that, because an unstable life, often along with an unstable life comes sin as well uh, that kind of drives them along the way. Uh, he never really sees the power of God in their life, uh, and, he, and he rarely impacts his friends because he's unstable. And, and I, I know as, as a witness uh, and seeing this happen with young people's lives, they're not happy. Because if you're a Christian, you really, and you're saved, you got the Holy Spirit living inside you, the desire to please the Lord is always there. So what I want to give you this afternoon is four things that will make you unstable in your life. All right? That's your notes for today. Four things that will make you, Christian, unstable in your Christian life. Let's jump in. Number one, number one, when you, when you care more about the world's opinion than God's, what God wants in your life. When you care more about the world's opinion than God's. Let me read you what it says in John chapter 15 and verse 19. Jesus says, if you are the world, the world would love its own. But because you're not of the world, but I've chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Now, let me give the context. It's, it's the night before Jesus is captured and, and crucified, and, uh, and he's there, what they call the upper room discourse, and he's given some valuable information uh, to, to his disciples there. And, uh, and what he was getting at was, the only way the lost world is ever going to accept you is if you be just exactly like them. It's an important principle. Uh, you know, if you tell the off-color jokes that they tell and you join right in with the conversation, the world's going to accept you. Uh, if, if you go to the parties and, uh, and watch the ungodly movies and talk about all, all the worldly things, the world's going to accept you if you make those compromises as a Christian. If, if you keep quiet about Jesus and don't, don't, you know, you can get religious, you can go to church and all that, but if you start talking too much about Jesus in the Bible, then they're not going to want to be around you. Uh, if you skip church and you say, you know what, I'm going to go fishing with my buddies, or I'm going to go hunting or camping, and just start skipping church, see, that's when the world will begin to love you. But to see, the problem is, as a Christian, I know for me, I can't do those things. <laughs> I, 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 I can't tell the off-color jokes because I got the Holy Spirit inside of me and just won't let me. You know? I, don't, I don't find that stuff funny anymore. I, I have no desire to go to the parties. And you're probably saying, well, you're old. <laughs> you don't want to go to parties. No, I got friends that are not friends, at least people I know that are my age that have no problem with going to parties. You know, it doesn't come with age, but if, you know, I can't do that because I got the Holy Spirit living inside. It has nothing to do with age. It's all about God living inside me. Yeah, I, I, can't, uh, I can't stand the taste of alcohol. I, I don't like, uh, and you're not keeping me quiet about Jesus. That's just not going to happen. <laughs> I, it's inside of me and I got to talk about it. Uh, you know, I love to go fishing. I love to go camping. But one thing I can't do, I can't do it on the Lord's Day. <laughs> That's when I'm, i got to be in church. Yeah, and and, and I, I have found a natural phenomenon, young people, that happens in my life. The more you get closer to Jesus, the further the world and the lost people are going to be away from you. It's just going to happen. It's, it's, uh, I, uh, I, I think of a, a friend of mine, before I got saved, we were the best hunting buddies and fishing buddies. He's actually a family member, and uh, and we did everything together. I mean, we we killed a lot of deer together. We went and caught a lot of fish together, uh, and we we just hung together all the time. And uh, and I but the problem for him was well, uh, at least for our relationship as friends, is I got saved. And, and as I've preached on a few times already, that, that changed my life. And uh, all of a sudden, I got hunger for some things that he wasn't hungry for. And, uh, and I started going to church. And, and I found something about your, your lost friends when you get saved. They don't mind you getting religious. 
They just don't want you to fall in love with Jesus Christ. And when you cross that line, that's when all of a sudden the, your, your world begins to light up with the gospel and they're in a dark world and they don't want the light of Christ coming into their world. They're going to separate from you. It's just a natural way things happen. And, uh, and I remember uh, uh, we, uh, at the church I started attending, I invented to a sportsman's banquet and uh, the goal was to talk about deer hunting and elk hunting and all that kind of fun stuff and he was into all that and he was excited about coming until we got the guy to get up and preach and give the gospel and he told how to got, get saved and, uh, and his heart got hard and all of a sudden I seen him begin to separate and, uh, and slowly Slowly but surely, he just kind of faded out of the picture. It's a natural thing because, because you're a child of God. And you know what? I don't care. <laughs> I don't, I mean, I'm not saying I don't care about his soul. I pray for him all the time. If I had an opportunity leading the Lord, man, I would be right there. But what I'm saying is I, I don't care about his opinion in my life. I care about God. I, I, that's what I care about. I, I, I don't care what lost people think about me. I don't care about what, how they judge me or what they say about me. I care about God. That, that's an important thing. Galatians chapter 1 verse 10 says, uh, uh, For do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of God. Young people, let me say this. You will never please God, and you're going to be unstable in all your ways if you're more worried about what the lost world thinks about you. And I know as a teenager, peer pressure is a very, very real thing. And I know, I know, I know uh, when it comes to uh, boyfriends, girlfriends, and all that stuff, and by the way, just put that off until you're married. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry about that. But I know peer pressure is a real thing that uh, of what the lost world expects out of you. But the mentality you got to have as a Christian is, I don't care what the lost cares thinks about me. I'm going to glorify God in everything that I do. If you get worried about what the lost says about you, thinks about you, I guarantee, I promise you, you're going to be unstable in all your ways. Your walk's going to be here and there. Uh, uh, you absolutely have to say in your mind, I'm going to please God in everything I do. Wait a minute, I didn't hear no amen. So let me try this again. I'm going to please God in everything that I do. Amen. There you go. I knew they were there. I just, they were getting tired. Let's move on. Number two. Number two, you want to be unstable in all your things uh, when you don't fully trust God's word. I found this and I thought this was interesting. Matthew chapter 7. Let me read you verse 24 through 27. It says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, Jesus says, I will liken unto him as a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and, and beat upon that house, and it fell not. Why? Get this. For it was founded upon a rock. All right, that's interesting. Pretty simple lesson. Verse 23 says, And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand, and the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Pretty simple lesson is, is the Word of God is what you need to build your life on. Anything else is sinking sand. I mean, that's the simple lesson there. I, uh, uh, my wife and I are in a process as we speak right now, building a house. We're doing this together, and, and uh, we sold our old house, and uh, we're taking the equity, and we're buying, building a new house, and we're doing the work ourselves. You know, and we may need marriage counseling, but that's what we're doing. You know, we're building the house ourselves. And, uh, and we took all the equity, and we bought, and we're starting to do this. Can you imagine if I came home and say, sweetie, I got, I got an idea. I, I found out how we can save a whole lot of money and, and build a, even a better house. How about we just not build a foundation? We just build the house and we just put it right on the dirt, you know? I mean, them foundations are expensive. Concrete, block, and all that, you know, you know, the excavating. We don't even have to do that. We'll still have a house. We'll just build it right on top of the dirt. I mean, it may look good, 
And it may stand for a while, but it's not going to take much rain. It's not going to take much wind that that house is going to fall over. And she'd probably look at me and she'd probably, you know, you know that sounds like a good idea, but we don't want to take thousands of dollars and build it on top of sand and dirt, you know. And she, and she would be right. You, know, you want to build it on a solid foundation, you know, because, because anything else, and, and the illustration here is my life is worth way more than a house. Your soul is worth way more than, than a house or anything you have on this earth. And, and if you want to survive, if you want to survive, the best thing to do as far as your walk is to stand on that book and all the promises God made. It's absolutely vital. And, and one thing I can guarantee, and I know probably the average age is what, 12 to you know, 17, 18 in here. And you'll say, well, I don't see much trials in my, in my life. Trust me, they're coming. <laughs> the older you get, the more they're going to come. I, and, and even as teenagers, I, I'll give you one example. Uh, my wife and I adopted... Um, Two kids that came into our church years ago. Uh, they were uh, 10 and about 13, 14 years old at that time. Uh, they uh, come from a bad neighborhood. Uh, mom was in jail. Dad was uh, absentee in their life and had a lot of issues in his life. Uh, they came into our church on a Sunday night, and here they are just you know, preteens and teens. And, uh, and, and the stories that they told, uh, let me stop here for a second and say, if you've got a good home and a mom and dad loves you, gets to the church, you need to say amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Because uh, I've seen the other side of it, and uh, and they come in, didn't even have uh, shoes on her feet, and uh, we wound up uh, uh, adopting them. But one thing for sure, one thing for sure, whether you're a teen, whether you're older, trials are gonna come, and, um, and you're not gonna get out of this life on it. But, but folks, young people, let me say this: when they come, you want to be standing on that book. Because that'll be one of the biggest trials that you're going to have. Uh, uh, one of the weakest times in your life is, is when a trial hits and it rocks your world. And, and, and young people, listen, you, you may be having everything going good, but life has its trials for sure. I, um, yeah, when it hits, you're going to wonder, you know, what's going on, you know. Yeah. Uh, you're going to wonder where God is. You're going you're gonna to question yourself. You're going to question your faith when they come. And if you're not standing on the Word of God, I can promise you, you're going to be unstable. You're going to be unstable. Uh, I, I'll give you an example. I, 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 uh, I, I answered the call to preach when I was in my late 20s, early 30s, but I didn't take a church until, until what, 2010, 2011. And uh, that's when I started pastoring Stateline Baptist Church. And, uh, and I, I quit a business. I, I got rid of all the tools and, uh, and, and just, okay, I'm going to pastor. That's what I'm going to do. And, uh, and me and my wife talked about it. It was something we wanted to do. It felt what God had called us to do. Uh, I hadn't been pastoring for probably six months after I surrendered my full time. Uh, uh, my mom uh, uh, had, had died. And unexpectedly, I'm not going to get any details, but we weren't expecting that at all. Uh, and, and I was like, okay, I just, I just surrendered to preach. Why, uh, God, why would you let this happen? And, and we, we, hadn't, she, we had her funeral, and it wasn't even a month later, uh, I, my dad started getting sick. And me and my dad were tight. We were fishing buddies, worked together all our lives, built houses. And uh, he started getting dizzy, and he'd come up with this rare disease called Guillain-Barre syndrome, which basically paralyzed you from the, from the head down. And, and, uh, and he, we were no sooner finishing or the funeral that he gets sick and then 10 months later he winds up dying so and here I'm here I am in the midst I just surrendered and 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 then we no sooner had his funeral wasn't just maybe maybe a year or so later I find out my younger sister which was the last one left in my family uh, was diagnosed with terminal cancer and uh, and then she started going downhill really fast and 
and, uh, and then she died just a year or so later after that. And I remember after that happened, it, it really hit me, and I started, you know, questioning. I remember uh, we were about ready to sell my dad's house and uh, get rid of all that. I remember being down on his front porch, and I'm praying, and I'm asking God. I'm like, uh, God, I surrendered to preach. I, I, I did what you wanted me to do. I, I you know, I, I, this is what I felt. Why, why would you do that? And, and I'm gonna tell you, it, what, what got me was, God convicted my heart. He said, "They finished their race. Now go finish yours." That's what he said. And, and, and I got peace about all that. I was the last one left in my family. And, and I got a peace about that. What, what the peace I got was God's in control. I stood on the Word of God. And, and, and I, I tell you, when, when, when life hits you, you got to stand. I love the memory verses. When I came in, I seen you guys like you know, wrestling with those memory verses. You're hiding God's Word in your heart. You, you're going to need that. <laughs> when life begins to hit you, you're going you're gonna to absolutely When the devil comes and makes you doubt God's Word, say, listen, devil, I'm in God's hands and no man can pluck me out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, you know, all things work together for good. I, you know, yeah, I, uh, not a sparrow falls to the ground that my God doesn't. Uh, uh, know about it. He knows every hair on my head. He's in control. And, and, and that's why you absolutely have to be standing on the Word of God. But if you're unstable in all your ways, if you're unstable in your Bible reading, if you're unstable in your church attendance, if you're unstable in your prayer closet, your foundation's not solid. It's sinking sand. And when life hits you between the eyes, that's when things are going to uh, fall apart. But boy, if you're stable in the Word of God, and you're reading and you're faithfully every morning getting up and getting your devotions and hiding God's word in your heart, the devil doesn't stand a chance in your life. Amen. Number three. Number three. Let's move on. When you forget the power of the flesh, you'll be unstable in all things. When you forget the power of the flesh. Let, let me read you Psalms 40 in verse 2. It says, He brought me up out of, the, uh, out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. I, I, I like that. I, uh, 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 let me illustrate that verse. Uh, I remember hunting one time with a buddy, and uh, we were going through the woods, and uh, we come across some mud, and I went to go across it, and it was like some kind of clay or something. I don't know what it was, but uh, I, I sunk down into it, went right to the top of my boot, and uh, I couldn't move. I don't know if you ever had that happen. I mean, it's like it's like a bear trap. It grabs hold of your feet. You can't move. And I tried wiggling my feet back and forth, so my buddy, he's laughing at me. He grabs a stick, and he reaches out, grabs a hold. He pulled me so hard. You know, I'm not the biggest guy in the world, so <laughs> he pulled me so hard, I come up out of my boots. The, you know, the, the clay mud held on uh, to my, my boots and they stayed there. I had to wind up going back in my bare feet trying to get my hunting boots out of the, out of the, the, the clay. And, and, and I think that's a good illustration to teach here. The psalmist is saying that God had to pull him out of the miry clay of sin, the grabbing power of sin. And, uh, and, and God pulled him up out and he set his feet upon a rock. That miry clay that had a strong hold on him, God rescued him out of it. And, and now, young people, let me say this. Once you're saved, you can never lose your salvation. Say amen right there. You know, God keeps what you have committed unto him. No man can pluck you out of God's hands. We know all the verses. You're sealed with the Holy Spirit. Nothing shall separate you from the love of God. Uh, but, uh, but also, the good news is sin can't bind you the way it had you before you got saved. And I mean, that's all good news. We know that. We got victory over that. But, but, you're still in the flesh. And you're going to be in the flesh until the day you die. And that flesh is a powerful, powerful thing. Let me use an illustration of a, of a fellow in our church. His name is Daryl. 
Daryl got saved in his early 20s, and, and God saved him out of a, uh, uh, a, a lot of nasty stuff. He was into drugs and alcohol, had a strong addiction to all that, and, and, and God saved him from it and, and out of it, and he got pulled out of that miry clay, that sin, and he got victory in his life, and he started serving in the church, and I was like, it just, it just amazed at how much he was in love with the Lord. He began using his past experiences before he got saved to help others, and he was, he was working at the Baltimore Rescue Mission and counseling there, and seeing great success and people getting saved and getting victory over that. He was, uh, he was teaching at the jails and going in and, 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 and helping people there. But it wasn't, but, but a few years later, all of a sudden he started making compromises like I talked about this morning. And he started hanging around the wrong people. And here he is in his 30s and 40s. And, and even at that age, those wrong people started pulling him back. And he found that he found himself right back and addicted to the exact same stuff that God saved him out of. And he couldn't believe it. He lost his testimony. He lost, he lost his ministries. He lost his power to be able to reach people because he fell back in. And, and, and he, what, what he forgot was that you can, you're saved, but you're still in the flesh. And he, kinda, he just kind of lost focus on that. And he let his guard down a little bit in the flesh. Got him. And, and he fell back. But I'll say this. The good news is, praise God. He realized where he was at. He got, he, he got himself right with God. And he got victory over that. And now to this day, he's still serving God. Praise God. Not looking back. But, but folks, let me tell you something. So many Christians in this world has one foot in the church and they have one foot in the world and that makes you unstable in all your ways. I, uh, I, uh, the cares of this world will mess your walk up, the trials of this life will walk but if you forget about the power of the flesh, it will definitely make you unstable. You must, you must put up guards around those weaknesses in your life. I, I'll use an illustration. If, uh, if, if that wall right there was 12 foot thick, and uh, right in the center, it was only about a half inch thick for about a foot, all right? And I, and I give you a sledgehammer. I'm saying, oh, I want you to break through that wall, you know? You're not, you're not going to go and find, find a 12-foot thick part and try and break through it. You're going to say, where's the weakest spot, and I'm going to break through that wall? You know, and, and that's what the devil likes to do in your life. He looks over your life, and he says, okay, wh where are you weak at? Wh where can I make you fall? What are some of the things that, that, that I, can, I can get to you? Uh, you know, you got, uh, Christian, let me say, you've got to guard your eyes. You've got to guard your heart. Uh, I wrote this verse down, Job 31. He said, I made a covenant with my, with my eyes. Why should I then think upon a maid? You know, I made a covenant with my eyes. That's what you got to do. You got to look at your life and say, what are some of the things, what are some of the things that, that I'm weak at? What are some of the areas where the devil can get into my life? And those where you got to put guards up. That's where you got to say, you know what? I have a problem over here, so I'm going to draw lines even above and beyond where everybody else does because I know if I get anywhere near that, that's an area where I can fall. You know, if you're not willing to put up the guards and the, and the safe keeps in your life to keep you from falling where the, you know you're weak in the flesh, I can promise you, you're going to be unstable in all your ways. All right, let's move on. Number one, or number four, the last one. When you get double-minded you'll be unstable in all your ways. Double vision, double-minded, whatever you want. Turn to Matthew chapter 6. You got your Bibles there. Matthew chapter 6. Let's read some. Let's do a little quick Bible study. Matthew chapter 6. And we're going to read verse 19 down through 24. I was impressed with your Bible drills, by the way. <laughs> I lose at them all the time. <laughs> Matthew chapter 6. In verse 19, you got to say amen. 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 If you don't, got to say hold on. 
Okay, hold on, let me make sure everybody gets there. All right, we good? Yep. I'll wait till the pages stop turning. I want everybody to follow along. We're going to do a little Bible study. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Everybody good? Yep. Everybody want me to hold on? Say hold on. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll wait till everybody's there. Yeah. All right, we're good. Matthew chapter 6, look down verse 19. I like this. It says, Lay not up for yourself treasures upon earth, where moth and rust does corrupt, and where thieves uh, break through and steal. Verse 20, But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust does corrupt, uh, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Verse 21, For where your treasure is, that's interesting, there will your heart be also. Stop right there for a minute, and we're going to we'll keep going. Your treasure is anything that's, that, that's valuable to you. you, know? and, you know, where, where you find that, that's where your heart's going to be. They're inseparable. I like that. Verse 22 says, the light of, get this, the light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, the whole body shall be full of light. One, one vision, all right? Not looking all over the place. Verse 23. But if thine eyes be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore that light is, uh, is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. And then verse 24 says, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. I, I like that passage right there. What that passage is talking about is, is you've got to keep aiming at one thing, and that one thing is Jesus Christ. When you get your eyes, and you can have one eye on Christ and then one eye on something else, but inevitably your eyes are going to go either one of the, you cannot chase two rabbits at one time. You're going to lose both of them. <laughs> I heard an old hunter say, uh, let me use an illustration. I like to deer hunt, and I was teaching my son how to deer hunt, and we were, we were into archery. That's our thing. And, uh, and I, I like the saying when it comes to archery, aim small, miss small. You know, you get a deer coming up on you. You know, if you start looking at the antlers and you start looking at all, uh, you know, you know you're going to be, you're going, to be, you're going to be hitting the deer in the antlers. What you do is when the animal comes up, if you're not a hunter, forgive me. <laughs> if you're a hunter, say amen. amen. Okay, one of y'all is going to like that. No. <laughs> you, 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 what you do is you pick out that spot. It may be a crease in the shoulder. It may be a little hair out of place. But that's what you aim at. Because if you begin to look at everything on the deer, you're going to wind up missing what you really the mark that you aim at. And when it comes to your walk with God, you've got to be single-eyed. You've got to be focused only on the one thing that God has for you, and that's to be and mold your life like Jesus Christ. That's what you're commanded to do. Christian, if you've got one eye on the world and the other eye on, on, on Jesus Christ, it's inevitable you're going to miss what God has for you. Uh, let me use a, an illustration. Uh, I, I would love to have... I would love to have 300 acres of prime farmland on the eastern shore. I'd just love to have that. I'd like, you know, I, 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 if I, I, and I got to think about that. I, you know, when I was young, before I surrendered to preach and serve God, I, I bet if I, my wife had a real estate license, I bet if she didn't get rid of that and we, and we chased after the Lord, I bet if I would have kept my builder's license because I had a builder's license, we built houses for a while, I bet we could probably chase after that. And I, and I got to think, I bet we probably could have that. If we worked our whole life just trying, going after that one, thing. I, I, I bet we could probably have that. But you know something I found out uh, at 56 years old, time flies by. It was yesterday I was your guys' age, you know. Well, it seems like it anyway. And, and now I'm in my 50s. I'm like, where did time go by? I, I, I found out that, you know what, if I start chasing after all that, I bet my Bible life is going to suffer. 
I, I'll, bet, I'll bet my time in church, I'll bet there'll be some weekends where I'm going to compromise and, and not go to church. I, I, I bet there's going to be some things in my life as far as serving God is not going to be there. I probably won't have time to take a ministry. I probably won't have time to study. I won't have time to, get, uh, to, to do my classes online. Uh, I just probably won't have time because what the problem was, yeah, I love the Lord, but now I got my eyes on maybe possibly achieving this other thing in my life. And what happened is I just got double-visioned. I got double-minded. The Christian that's unstable in all his ways is the one that is chasing after everything and Christ. And you cannot do that and be successful. You're going to be unstable in all your ways. Teenagers, let me say something. I can promise you, and I know your life is at a point in time where you're thinking career, you're thinking marriage down the line. You're thinking of college or wherever you're going to go, where you're going to live and all that. And I understand that and all that you got to think about. But the one thing you got to keep centered on your focus and focused on is Jesus Christ. Yeah. Through all of those decisions... All of those, because in the midst of all that, I know life's going to get crazy, and I know things are going to go, you know, just seem like it's out of control as you get older, but as long as you got your eyes on God, you're going to go the right way. You're going to make the right decision. You've got some big decisions coming up in your life. You've got to be focused on God. If you get your focus off of God, you're going to be unstable in all your ways. So let me close with this. Christian, let me say this. The bad thing about an unstable walk... An unstable walk doesn't earn you many treasures in heaven. You know, I know you're, you're, you're 14, 15, 16. You're like, I've got plenty of time. I'm going to deal with that. i got this. i got this in my life. I know that, but you're going to be old before you know it. And one thing you can't never get back is time. You know, and as I said this, this morning in this morning's sermon, I'd love to be able to turn the clock back and start just as young as possible serving the Lord. Because you know what I want to do when I die? I want to stand before Jesus Christ. And I want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Amen. That's what I want to do. And, I, you know, and, and once time is gone, you don't have it to get back to earn those treasures to cast at Christ's feet and to hear those. See, that's why an unstable walk don't earn your treasures. An unstable walk uh, doesn't win many souls. I bet if I ask for raise a hand, don't raise your hand. But I bet we all got cousins and loved ones and neighbors up the street that are lost. An unstable life is not going to reach them. An unstable life uh, isn't very comforting in an evil world. Oh, I could preach a message on that. When you're unstable and you've got friends that are lost and going this way and all of a sudden the world beats them up, they're going to want to look at somebody that's stable and say, well, let me tell you about Jesus Christ and can answer all your problems. See, you got to be... If, if, Christian, let me say, if you're struggling with your walk, Make today the day. I love camps. <laughs> I love winter retreats. Uh, this, these are decision-making time. If, if you're lost, make today the day. You say, I'm going to get saved. You know, we're going to go to the invitation in just a minute. And, and, and uh, we got people all around here who'd love to show you how to be, uh, be saved. Oh, man, start a new life with Jesus Christ. If you're here this morning and you're saved, or this evening you're saved, I, I challenge you to say, make today the day. Say, you know what? I'm 16. I'm 17 years old. But today's the day where I'm going to be focused on God and God alone. I, I'm, going, I'm going to build up those things in my life that, that guard me against sin. And I'm going to dedicate my life to Jesus Christ. This is why I love camps. This is why I love retreats, because so many good decisions are made on days like today. But I'm going to ask you this as we close. Are you ready? How's your heart? Has God worked on your heart today? Has God worked on your heart as you're preparing? I know there was fasting going on before all of this and praying for this week. How's your heart? Are you ready to make those decisions? We're going to go to the, the invitation here in just a second. I challenge you. 
Make those decisions today and commit yourself to God. If you need to be saved, be saved today. If you're not, if you are saved, commit yourself and say, Lord, here am I. What wilt thou have me to do?